the new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the radio program that everyone is listening to every Sunday with Ray Lance. Money Wise brought to you by USA Wealth Group, whose philosophy is so awesome. They want to help you protect your family, help you protect your money. What could be better than that? Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, and welcome to Money Wise. And good morning to Peter Lance, my sidekick today. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to 2016 again. Boy, you know, we're going to talk about what's happening in the economy, what happened at the end of 2015, what's happening so far in 2016. It's not really a great picture, but we want to talk today about some things that people can do to try to protect their money. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the history of what's happened. And it's not a really pretty picture. If you happen to be somebody who's been in the stock market, for example, you might know that in 2015, the United States stock market posted its worst annual losses since 2008. The stock market did not make a dime in 2015, and um, it's the not worst, good. worst since 2008, worst annual performance. It was a rocky year. If you happen to be an investor in the stock market, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but we are going to talk a little bit about what's happened with the opening in 2016, yeah. and where is the economy going in general? Um, I used to say I don't have a crystal ball because nobody really has a crystal ball, but we actually have a crystal ball in our office. It's just in this nice little mahogany stand. Uh, it has a little felt base on it, and it's a lot of fun. It, it doesn't really tell us anything, but it's, right. a, it's a nice decorator piece. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, do you have a crystal ball about what might happen in 2016? Well, let's talk about, again, a little bit 2015. We know we had a lot of companies counting on having a good year at holiday time, at Christmas time, and that's when retailers typically do about 40% of their sales just during the Christmas season. Well, guess what? It wasn't a good year for some companies. No. Um, let's was, take Macy's for yeah, example. Yeah, that's right. Macy's department store has just announced this week that their sales were off significantly in November and December. Their sales are down 4.7%. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but as a result of that, they're going to lay off something like 4,000 employees. And this is not just seasonal employees. This is full-time employees, and they are planning to close a number of the Macy's stores. I think the store we have in our local area here That's is fine. going to be fine. That's fine. But I've heard that Taunton might be closing. And Springfield and uh, another town out in the western part of the state. Those two are closing for sure. Well, so, you know, this is an indication not only that a lot more sales are taking place online, but it's also an indication of a shift in the economy. And I think it's also an indication that people are being a lot more cautious in general about spending money. Mm -hmm. So not good signs for the economy in general. And, uh, Peter, I'm not sure if you see a lot of activity in your own business, um, we had a fairly good year ourselves in 2015. Good. Uh, we always have plans to do more and to do better than the prior year. But um, 
You know, there's a lot of important stories to tell. We're going to go into some of them. We're going to talk about what does it mean when the stock market opens on the first day of trading in 2016, and the Wall Street Journal calls it, markets begin the year with a thud. Um, it was a deep, deep drop, a 1.6% drop, and it was triggered by what's happening in the international market. So we don't always control our own destiny about what happens in this country because we're so tied into the global economy. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that um, what happens in China, for example, has affected the uh, economies of so many, many countries. We're going to talk in a couple of minutes about Brazil, for example. In our community here, we have a lot of people who do have connections to Brazil. Sure. And they are not only in a deep recession, they may end up going into a depression. Uh, their largest trading partner is China. And China's economy is way off and way down. Well, so I read an article, on, I believe it was online on CNN, earlier in the week about Saudi Arabia, and they were saying that that economy is in deep trouble, especially with what's happening with them and Iran and the rest of the world now because of what's going on, uh, that 90% of their um, citizens are employed by the government. Mm -hmm. And the government is going through some serious issues and may have to lay off quite a few people. Uh, There's also no income tax for any of those 90% of those citizens. Uh, They also have a highly subsidized uh, gas rate, which is like 10 cents a liter of gas, and that's going to have to go up significantly. So their economy is in, you know, dire straits as well. And, you know, one of the things that I do tell clients all the time, which you just said, I don't actually use the crystal ball, but I tell them that all the time. Nobody has a crystal ball. There's market analysts who sit there and do nothing but analyze stocks in the market and market trends day in and day out. And they're experts, and they may have a very good idea as to what's going to happen with the market and with the economy. But Nobody knows for certain, and global events certainly affect our local uh, economy and our, you know, U.S. economy. So what's happening with Iran, what's happening with Saudi Arabia and Brazil and China and every other uh, country out there, never mind natural events like earthquakes and tsunamis can have a great impact on our own economy. Sure does. You know, and we're talking, by the way, with Peter Lance, who is the founder and president of Lance Family Agency. Uh, located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. And thanks for spending just a couple of minutes with us this morning, Peter. It's really helpful. You know, we all have different views of what's happening in the economy, but Pete, as you just indicated, there are so many events that are beyond our control that have an impact on how well our own economy does. It's no longer just what do we do in this country. And we've had a, a year of record flooding and storms in the west in the middle part of the country. And uh, hopefully that's not going to head our way anytime soon. Uh, We had a terrible winter last year in 2015. We hope that doesn't happen. But those things have an impact, and world politics has an impact. And there's things that are well beyond our control, well beyond our ability to predict. Let's take oil as an example. Oil in this country, we have reached a point when we're pretty close to being self-sufficient for oil production and energy uh, production. Um, Our power grid isn't the greatest in the world, and it's very vulnerable. Uh, We'll leave that for another day probably to discuss. But in the meantime, we've been so efficient at taking oil out of the ground through the fracking process in the middle part of this country especially, uh, which, by the way, has caused some earthquakes, it sounds like. A lot. 
We can't predict where that's going to go. But the result of that is that the price of oil around the world has come down drastically because we no longer have to purchase the oil from other countries. And therefore, we've cut down on their ability to sell to us. And now they don't have a market. For a while, it was China that was buying up a lot of oil. But now the Chinese economy doesn't allow them to buy a lot of oil. So oil prices around the world are really drastically low, you know, half of what they were a year ago. Now, the good news for American consumers, it means the price of gasoline is down. I've paid as little as $1.85 a gallon, for example, mm-hmm. and we all have experienced below $2. I won't tell you which store, but, uh, you know, there is a store that we frequent and you get the gas points for it, and we paid about just over a dollar a gallon. We've saved up so many points. Oh, you mean stop and shop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I paid actually. I I had accumulated um, 110 gas points at Stop and Shop, and I ended up paying 85 cents a gallon for gas. What I do is I wait until my tank gets down so it's almost empty. Yeah. But oil is now being used. um, It's not only an economic factor. I just read recently in the Wall Street Journal that uh, because the price of gasoline is now down so low, it has created some stimulation in this country for car sales. So car sales are actually up because people think they can now afford to drive a car or drive a different car. Mm-hmm. So that's had a good impact in this country. But we've all read recently what's happened between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Uh, yes. Saudi Arabia executed, what was it, like 44 people, mm-hmm. the old-fashioned way with yeah. a sword I just bought a 1974 V8 Cadillac, and I took the exhaust off. It's very loud, and I get about three miles a gallon, and I don't care. He's kidding. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> don't believe anything he's saying this morning. No? Not when it comes to cars. <laughs> but um, what's happened uh, just recently, again this past week, is that uh, Saudi Arabia and the country of Iran have uh, severed diplomatic relationships with each other. Uh, Iran has promised some kind of retaliation. Hopefully that doesn't occur because if it does, it's just going to create more problems in the Middle East. But what Saudi Arabia just did this past week is they reduced the price of oil. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't just an economic move. It was really another slap in the face at the country of Iran. Right. Because now Iran can't sell its oil and it's going to have an economic negative impact on the country of Iran. So Oil is a political weapon uh, in many cases. Well, it has been for a long, long time. Yep. But we're moving towards energy independence in this country, which is great. And, um, you know, I'd like to switch gears for a minute, Pete. I'd like to um, give you an opportunity to uh, pay special tribute to a very important member of our community who recently passed away. Yep, absolutely. And uh, it was a very uh, sad moment when I picked up the phone and heard that he had passed. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Goulet, who was a, we called him Matt, um, who was a member of my Marine Corps League, Great Inner Bedford Marine Corps League, Detachment Number 1399. Uh, Matt was one of our original members. He was uh, the oldest member, and he was also the only member who had uh, served in the Marine Corps on Iwo Jima while that campaign was going on. And you mean in the local league? Yeah, and uh, he received a Purple Heart uh, with his actions and activities over uh, on Iwo Jima. Uh, He was 91 years old. He was from a Kushnet, and he passed away unexpectedly 
on December 30th. He was a great man. Uh, he was actually, we have a calling tree whenever there was a wake or a parade or anything else we wanted to notify the league about and its members. And he was on my calling tree. So every time there was something going on, I got to pick up the phone and speak to him. And he was a, a really very kind man and, and just a great man with a lot of stories. Uh, he really entertained everyone at all the meetings, talking about his time in the Marine Corps and, and you know, especially Iwo Jima, everybody you know, was sure quiet when he spoke. So he was a great man and um, sad to see him go. We had a service for him uh, last Monday night. I was not able to attend his funeral on Tuesday morning, uh, but a a lot of the league was there and um, paid a tribute to him. And you went to the wake? Went to the wake, yes. And he was 91 years old. Uh, Iwo Jima was a very important campaign, uh, not only for our country, it provided... Uh, necessary airstrips, um, which I guess the Air Force used afterwards. Um, yeah, and it's one of the iconic pictures of not just uh, the Marine Corps, but also of World War II. Uh, it was a really difficult um, island to try to take control of, and uh, the iconic image is, of course, of the Marines and one Navy corpsman raising the flag on the top of Iwo Jima once they had yep. uh, claimed it. Top of Mount Soribachi, the, the, the big statue, the main statue, is in... Um, uh, Washington, D.C., or Arlington, I guess it is. Uh, it's actually in Arlington, Virginia. There's another and one on Paris Island. There's one in Paris Island, and there's one in Fall River. Really? Yep, we have an Iwo Jima statue. It's a, a smaller-scale version um, at uh, Military Park in Fall River Marine um, Corps by League the waterfront. Does, yep, they, the Marine Corps League does a uh, special ceremony there every Veterans Day. Well, that photograph, that famous photograph of the Marines raising the flag on top of Mount Suribachi on Iwo Jima, um, it's it's a little bit more personal and a little bit more impressive when you realize that uh, Matt Goulet, as you mentioned, um, was there in person when that occurred. Um, there was an interesting quotation, um, which I'd like to read, and it came from a... Um, James Forrestal, Secretary of the Navy. In fact, there was a carrier named after him in the Navy. Uh, the raising of that flag on Suribachi means a Marine Corps for the next 500 years. And it is the iconic photograph. Peter, did you know that um, this past year is the 100th anniversary of uh, the Marine Detachment at Paris Island, South Carolina? Uh, no, I did not. In other words, that was when it's only been 100 years that they've been training at Paris Island? Yes, 100 years. Oh, I did and not so know that. all the Marines that have graduated from Paris Island and this particular year are called Centennial Marines. Well, it's really funny what you remember. And uh, I certainly remember my platoon in Paris Island was 1102, and my graduation date was 31 May 96. Well, I can remember the names of two of my drill instructor. One was Sergeant O.N. Kinchy, and the other one was Sergeant Blyze. Staff Sergeant Sergeant Beal and Sergeant Stuhlman. What was your rifle number or your service number? You remember your service number? Uh, that I don't remember. 2039731. So we can remember some of those things. Um, Phil, did you ever hear of the comic, the famous comedian Jonathan Winters? Oh, yes, of course. Did you know that he was a Marine? No, I didn't, no. And he said, I've always been proud of being a Marine. I won't hesitate to defend the Corps. Beautiful. So they teach you that, don't they, Pete? 
Yes, uh, you know, we really do have great respect for anybody who puts on the uniform of any service, uh, including police officers, firefighters, anybody that puts a uniform on with our American flag on it. Uh, But with the Marine Corps, they teach a a lot of history. A great deal of boot camp is sitting through the history of the Marine Corps and really getting an understanding as to uh, why it's, it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. So as we like to say, we used to say there's no such thing as an ex-Marine, but now there's no such thing as a former Marine, right, Pete? Uh, yes, and I have seen this before, but I've never actually uh, spoken it or seen it in print. Uh, the 35th Commandant of the Marine Corps, General James Amos, uh, said, A Marine is a Marine. I set that policy two weeks ago. There is no such thing as a former Marine. You're a Marine just in a different uniform, and you're in a different phase of your life, but you'll always be a Marine because you went to Paris Island, San Diego, or the hills of Quantico. There's no such thing as a former Marine. So that was the Commandant. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a final salute, farewell, Godspeed, God bless to Matthew Carlton Goulet, who was a... uh, veteran in the Marine Corps and served with pride, received the Purple Heart, uh, not only on Saipan, but also in Iwo Jima. Rest in peace, Matt. Let's move along and talk about some things for 2016. Um, We mentioned that we don't really have a crystal ball for 2016, but boy, the indicators that are starting so far are really not pleasant at all. So here's just a couple of things that have happened. On the opening day, of the stock market this year, um, its worst loss since 2008. So not only in 2015 was it the worst annual losses since 2008, the opening day in 2016 is the worst opening day since 2008, and the stock market, the Dow Jones, went down 272 points. And then on Wednesday of this past week, it went down another 252 points. In between, it gained six points. That's a huge loss. And um, it's predicted uh, that we're in for a real difficult time because of what's happening in the world economy and especially in China. And I know that uh, on Thursday of this past week, the market, again, has been very volatile. In fact, the market in China opened up, and I guess after about 39 minutes, they closed the market because the losses were piling up so severely that they didn't even want to keep the market open. They thought they should close it and let people calm down and cool down a little bit. Wow. So these aren't good signs, obviously. Um, And the article that I mentioned is that the markets begin the year with the thud. So I've taken to looking at a lot of what some other economists have said about the market, and, you know, we just really don't know where it's going to go. But – there's a lot of panic selling going on. So the panic selling has started in China. Uh, one of China's largest trading partners, besides the U.S., is the country of Brazil. And I, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of connections in our community with Brazil, as well as the country of Portugal, of course. But um, Brazil has got a, a real problems in their own economy right now. As I struggle to find my little piece of paper here. Don't mind the rustling of papers. He comes fully prepared. No, I have a lot of information. (laughs) So there's an article, again, just a few days ago in the Wall Street Journal that Brazil's currency sinks on a fear that their recession may deepen and become an actual depression. 
So they've opened their year with their currency value following falling even further. Um, against the dollar, their currency declined 30% last wow. year, which is huge. And the analysts that are looking at it are saying that, you know, as China goes, so goes Brazil. So if you want a cheap vacation. Well, it means the dollar's <laughs> worth more money. What it means is when somebody's currency drops against the U.S. dollar, it means our dollar buys more. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that people ought to think about doing. Um, I also read an article just recently that said that um, the cost of renting is going up all across the country. The cost of renting an apartment or renting a house. And well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago where we talked about the housing market and, and how 10 years ago uh, houses cost more money than they do now. So the, the market still has not really increased as much as we expected it to by this point. And there's, I think, 7% less homeowners this time around than there were 10 years ago and more people are renting. Mm-hmm. But now renters, um, you know, the cost of renting is going up as well. Well, I think that's another good reason to encourage people to think about going out to buy a house if you can afford right. to buy a house. There's a lot of good programs. If you're a veteran, there's VA loans, which sure. are 100% loans. There's mm-hmm. FHA loans, which you can have as little as a 3% down payment, for example. Well, it's, it's if you can do it, absolutely, now is the time uh, I know a few people who have gone out and bought homes in the last six months and have rented them out for more money than their mortgages. Wow, that's pretty amazing, yeah. isn't it? Well, the fact is that you know home ownership uh, has always been the American dream in this country. Sure has, uh, Pete. And I think that if there's an opportunity for people to to buy, this would be the time to try to think about doing that. Absolutely. We're going to have uh, some folks from the realtors on. We had them on. Uh, three or four or five months ago. But we want to talk about what happens now in 2016 in terms of home buying. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally think it's a good time to think about buying. And maybe you've got a family member you can help borrow some money from for the down payment. Get a gift letter. It counts as a down payment. And mm. so you can avoid having to put up your own money or if you don't have your own money. But it can be a good investment. Well, it's one of the best investments you can make, especially with where the prices are right now. But just make sure that you can, you know, be realistic about it and not, you know, what happened back in 2005 where everybody and their mother, you know, thought that they could afford a home and banks did as well. And you could go and get a 103% loan. You didn't have to put any money down. You got money back at closing. And then six months, a year, or, you know, two years later, half the people couldn't afford the, the mortgage and everybody was foreclosed upon. Well, I don't think we'll see that quite happen again. I don't no, think we'll don't. see that kind of a real estate bubble happening again, Pete. No, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, make sure that you are realistic and that you can afford the mortgage payment. You don't want to be all excited and buy a home and then two years later realize that you can't pay it and have to sell it or get foreclosed upon. It's a very interesting movie you want to see, The Big Short. I've read about it. I want to see it. Ray, this will open up your eyes. You'll leave the theater with your mouth open. Hmm. That's all I will say. No, big I've heard shorts, really the big short. The big short. Oh. It's, it's all about the financial scandals in this country, and we just went through it. Yeah, just recently, and the movie is produced so beautifully. It's unlike any other movie you've seen, hmm. because the actors stop at one point and they'll look into the camera and explain to you what is happening, and then go back into acting. Wow. It is a very well produced, but the hmm. the story itself takes the heart right out of your heart. A chest. Well, oh my God! I thought you were talking about me over the summer. The big shorts. 
<laughs> I was I weighed the most I ever weighed over the summer. Yeah, you look great now. <laughs> but he's doing well. He's he's uh, look great. He's lost a fair amount of weight, and he's he was in good shape to begin with, but now he's even better. Congratulations. We're going to get back to uh, Paris Island boot camps. Wait, right? <laughs> I'll have the small shorts next summer. <laughs> <laughs> the small. <laughs> no, but I've heard really good things about that movie. I'm surprised I haven't heard about that. Yeah, it's it's really scandalous what happens on Wall Street and with some of the major banks. And look at the big crash that took place in right. 2008. Yeah. And as far as I know, not one person has ever gone to jail as a result one, of that. One, one person? Just one. Yeah, which is amazing. All of them, Ray. And this guy was a small-time player, which tells you the level of corruption and fraud. It's huge. Well, it's going to give people a lot to think about if this can be publicized more in terms of oh, the yeah. upcoming election and who you support and who you don't support. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a disaster out there, frankly. <laughs> Uh, at this point, if you ask me who I would vote for, I'd probably toss a coin over my shoulder and see which way it landed behind my back. Yep. <laughs> crazy. Yep. Well, coming back to the economy, though, um, there was a very interesting article I've read recently on income inequality. Oh, yes. And we're going to do a whole show on income inequality in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been gathering a lot of material it's a case of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and the middle right. class pays the bill. Right. But um, we're going to come back in just a moment after a break, and we're going to talk about some one Greek philosopher, and then we're going to talk about some forecast and some predictions mm. for 2016. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. Brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're happy to provide some information. And my fondest hope is that when you listen to the show, it may generate an idea or two for you to think about some things you could do to improve your own life, your own finances, some ideas for protecting your family, and also for protecting your money. If you'd like to have a consultation with us at any time, give us a call, yes. 508-998-8858. We're happy to meet with you. We do everything from helping people who have financial issues because they've got too much credit card debt or tax advice. Um, I have a master of laws in taxation as well, so we do a lot of tax planning. And, of course, we do a lot of work to make sure people will have a more comfortable retirement. We talked briefly before uh, the first break about the housing market back in 2005. And, Phil, you were talking about the movie called The Big Short. Yes. I looked it up really quickly during the break, and it just came out. It was just released uh, December 23rd, so right before Christmas. So it's still in theaters, and it is highly reviewed and looks like a great movie. Um, It talks about four people who basically predict what's going to happen in the housing collapse and how the banks are really taking advantage of people. And yes. uh, it, it's, it seems like a really fascinating story and, and it is. very uh, probably close to uh, reality. There were I, I'm a real estate broker and I've been a real estate broker for a long time. I'm not heavily active in it, but I, there were quite a few uh, homes that I sold back in the early 2000s. And I remember sitting at these closings and seeing these people paying nothing down and getting checks back at the closing, yep. wondering how the heck is this possible? This movie explains how. Well, we paid for it. We paid yeah, the price for it. The, that's the bottom line. The average, everyday, hardworking taxpayer ended up 
paying for all of this. Mm -hmm. That's the sin of it all. Well, what average person listening to this show right now thinks that they get a fair deal or who doesn't believe that there's a, a different class of people in this country who get a lot of breaks that they shouldn't deserve. The middle class, uh, anybody who's working basically and earning an honest living are the ones who unfortunately pay the price for everything. Well, the more we can educate people, uh, the better. So I want to jump into a couple of things. You know, Phil, um, over the last uh, number of months that we've been uh, doing the show, we've talked occasionally about Greek philosophers and quotations and one of my favorite that I've come to learn more and more about is Epictetus. We used to make fun of his name because it's so hard to pronounce. <laughs> but um, uh, he was in the class of what's called a Stoic Greek philosophers. That right. is, you know, you can't change certain events that are going to happen in your life. The only thing you can change is your attitude about how you react to those events. Right. And you don't have to be buckled under because something happens to you. You just have to have a different attitude about it. So one of the things he said was, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that right. matters. Mm-hmm. And he also said, um, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. <laughs> A lot of good practical advice. Um, I like this one for you, Peter. This is Peter Lance we're talking to. It takes more than just a good-looking body. <laughs> You've got to have the heart and soul to go with it. So Chew on that one for a minute. <laughs> Do you agree or not agree? <laughs> I haven't had a good-looking body for a long time. <laughs> well, keep working. Keep working hard. And what's his name again? Are you allowed Epictetus. to say that on the AM radio? Epictetus. <laughs> E-P-I-C-T-E-T-U-S. Epictetus. Uh, yeah. Epictetus. It's a little hard to say. Um, but I actually bought a book recently, Phil. I like to do a lot of reading. I know and, you do. Um, it's a new interpretation of some of his teachings, and oh. it's by a woman, and, and it's called The Art of Living, The Classical Manual on Virtue, Happiness, and Effectiveness. I don't remember where I got it. I think I probably got it at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. I've uh, never seen anyone who reads as much as him, but not for, well, he does it for enjoyment, but it's more for learning and yeah. tax law and Wall Street Journal and New York Times and uh, he he reads nonstop. I read nonstop too, but I read more for fun, you know. Right. I don't know uh, fiction I, novels and. I think deep down, murder mysteries and. I think deep down, I'm probably just a nosy person, and I want to know everything that's going on. You know, just the facts, ma'am. Just yeah. just the facts. He has piles and piles of newspapers, no matter where he is, and he's always cutting out articles and. It's a good thing. Yes, but I'm also cataloging articles so that if I want to do a show on uh, the immigrant visas, for example, here's here's an example of inflation. Uh, You can come into the country. Let's say you're an employer and you want to hire some people um, as trainees. Marriott does a lot of this, for example. I think it's called an HB1 or H1B visa, and they pay a small fee. They've just change that fee from a very nominal amount of money to $4,000 per person coming in. You know what that's going to do? It's going to mean that these companies will no longer hire uh, immigrants to come into the country to give them training and so forth. Do you know where in the Massachusetts economy that's going to be very, very hurtful is right over in Martha's Vineyard. True. Martha's Vineyard has a, a very large Irish population. Sure. It comes over. Summer help. Summer help. Yep. 
a lot of um, Russian. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I've seen that down yeah. the Cape and, yes. and uh, on Martha's Vineyard, mm -hmm. Block Island. Yes. Well, I don't know if this is something they're doing to try to raise more money or to try to discourage people from coming into the country. But it's, it's clearly going to put a dampener on big employers hiring people to come in to help. And uh, I'm not sure where that's going to end up. Anyway, Epictetus was actually born uh, Greek, uh, and then he was taken as a slave when he was very young, and he actually grew up much of his life in Rome. And then one of the emperors in Rome at some point in time banished all the philosophers. They were afraid of ideas. You know, when you think about some of the stuff that's going on in our country today about debates over free speech and free ideas— right. You know, we better always keep free speech in this country or we'll have real problems. But Rome at one point decided they didn't like these ideas going around and they yes. banished all the philosophers. And then he moved back to Greece. And when he did, he never wrote down any of his sayings, but he had a lot of students and a lot of disciples and they recorded his sayings and they recorded his teachings and published it as uh, a book called The Discourses. So very interesting man. Yes. And I'm enjoying reading some of the, the thoughts about that. Who um, wrote the book? Uh, this is a book. It's called The Art of Living, uh, Epictetus, A New Interpretation by Sharon LaBelle. Who wrote the Book of Love? <laughs> well, I wonder, wonder. I don't know who. <laughs> a who? good answer. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote the Book of Love? So I'll, I'll give you one more quotation from this little book that I'm uh, reading. It's really thin. I mean, I, I read, you know, 10 or 15 pages a night, and they're – they're one-page sayings like, disregard what doesn't concern you, and um, your will is always within your power. Can you imagine my poor mother? But this goes, well, he lived about 55, <laughs> he lived about 55 to 100 A.D., you know, Anno Domini, right after Christ was born, about 100 years. So his teachings are over 2,000 years old, and yet a lot of people um, have really uh, flourished reading his philosophy a lot of uh, well, I mean, actors and famous people do lot. you i'm sorry no go ahead do you agree with uh, some of his philosophy ray that uh, you have really no power over you know outside influences well my personal belief is that um i can change a lot of things in my own life but i can't change things necessarily in other people's lives and events happen sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad it's how you react to those things that makes a difference on whether you're going to be a happy person. Mm -hmm. But let me give you one example because yeah. I think this is a really valuable example. Um, there's a gentleman named uh, – let me get his proper name – James Stockdale. He was an American fighter pilot who was shot down over North Vietnam. He became a prisoner of war oh, yeah. during the Vietnam War. Sure. Later, he ran, he, was, he ran for politics. Yes, he was a vice presidential candidate. Yeah, oh, sure. And um, – he wrote a uh, book, Courage Under Fire, Testing Epictetus's Doctrines in a Laboratory of Human Behavior. He wrote that in 1993. So what he said was that – by the way, he received the Medal of Honor. He said he was able to retain his sanity during capture, and he was tortured and everything else, by relying upon the philosophy of Epictetus. Wow. They could imprison him. They could put him in solitary and torture him. But they couldn't change his mind, and they couldn't oh, – was how he reacted to it. So yeah. because he had been a student and had done a lot of reading about this, he had four years in solitary confinement, 
seven and a half years total in prison, four of which were in solitary, and including torture. And he retained his sanity because of the fact that he had done a lot of reading about the philosophy of Epictetus. So I gained a lot more respect when I read some of this material about, you know, we, we make jokes a lot about some of the quotations from the Greek philosophers, but they really had some very interesting things to say, didn't they? They certainly did. So when I'm done with this book, Phil, I'll loan it I to you. I love that. Thank okay. you. And I'm halfway through it yep. right now. That's great. Thanks. Now, let's come back to talking about 2016, and let's talk a little bit about our crystal ball. I have a, a phony crystal ball. It doesn't tell me anything, but I can look through it and see things magnified. <laughs> um, a lot of people are saying that um, we're in for a rocky road still. In 2016, nobody really wants to go on the record very strongly and talk about where we are going, but there's a lot of predictions that um, we're going to see more of the same kind of a thing. Oil is going to continue to be a problem. Our economy really hasn't gotten fully off the ground uh, the way it should, but God bless America. I'm glad I live in this country Yes, because our economy is still doing better than almost any place else in the world. And more and more countries around the world are tying their currency to the American dollar. Our Federal Reserve, our government, our economy really has influence still around the whole world. And if you don't know it already, ladies and gentlemen, we are the number one largest economy in the world. China is number two, by the way. Um, I don't recall who is number three. But... um, We like to practice a philosophy in our office that you can do some things to protect your family and protect your money. Uh, Frankly, banks are not the great place to be right now. Their rates are still very low. Um, You lose money right now with money in the bank because you're not keeping up with the price of inflation. Um, The stock market, as we've already shown, has been a disaster in 2015 and is starting out really badly in 2016 as well. And uh, even as we talk right now, I can look on my phone. Japan is number three. Japan's number three? Oh, see, that's Mm. the power of doing this. Uh, um, You know, even as we talk right now, the stock market continues to open up with negative results. One of the things that we like to uh, suggest to people is use indexed annuities as a way to invest, whether it's a retirement account If you retire and you've got a 401k or 403b, you're in mutual funds and stocks and bonds and things of that nature. You want to preserve that capital as much as you can. You don't want to risk that money or lose that money. So roll it out into an IRA account. And why not consider having that into an indexed annuity? The principal is fully protected. It can never go down. The interest and a lot of the products now are bonus products that they give you a, a bonus when you put the sure. money in to start with. And then the returns that you make are not – you're not invested in the stock market, but they're tied to an index like the S&P 500 index, the oldest American index uh, that exists with a long history. And so your principal can never go down, but if the S&P 500 goes up, um, you'll make even a lot more money. So what I've told some people is right now when the whole market is down in general, this is also a very interesting time because the indices are down. If the index is down right now and it's going to go up if the market improves or when the market improves, 
then you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. But you can't lose your principal. Right. So that combination of events creates, I think, a very interesting way to handle things. And by the way, um, in our office and probably in your office as well, Pete, we don't handle money directly. Money goes from one institution directly to another institution. No, and there are a few times, especially because uh, we deal with home and auto insurance policies, uh, there are times where somebody will come in with cash or with a check made out to me, and unfortunately I have to turn them away and tell them to go to uh, the bank right up the road and get a bank check or come back with a personal check or something else because uh, we don't handle actual cash in our office and uh, we can't accept a check you know, made out personally or even to the company. can't make a check made out to Lance Family Insurance Agency. has to be made out to the companies that we write the business with. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some really interesting things that will be happening and we need to continue to watch out for. It's expected that the Federal Reserve will continue to raise their rates slightly. Uh, they did it more to... Um, because they really had to. They had waited such a long time. It had been, I guess, about six or seven years since they had raised the interest rates. And there's almost a psychological benefit to the country in them doing that. Uh, it had a negative impact on the stock market, but psychologically it tells people that the Federal Reserve is committed to starting to raise rates again because they have confidence in the U.S. economy. Right. So that's as much of a psychological um, signal as anything else. But going forward, um, we need to watch what happens in China, number one. That's going to be daily news. Number two, we need to watch what happens between Saudi Arabia and Iran. And if you think these are uh, a world away countries that you don't need to think about, they all have an impact on what we do financially. And what's happening with North Korea? Yeah, North Korea, I guess the latest news out of North Korea is that People are skeptical that it probably was not a hydrogen bomb that they exploded. It was a boosted bomb, but it wasn't a hydrogen bomb. They're trying to make a big show. Yeah, but they're still a scary country. I mean, you know, the the president or the premier, I forgot what his title is, the the overweight, immature young man. Man-child. Man-child. I mean, he's dangerous. It's it's a dangerous country. It's psychotic. Even... Even Russia is concerned about you know their antics over there, and they do have long-range missiles that could actually reach you know our country on the Should West Coast. Should they be punished for what they pulled? Yes, I don't know how. I'm not sure that economic sanctions ultimately work in the end. Uh, they're already a pretty much of an isolated country, but long-range is that uh, we just need to. Pay attention to world events, ladies and gentlemen. You may think it doesn't impact you, but it really does impact you. You know, going forward, I've mentioned that we are going to be talking a little bit about um, the income inequality that exists in this country, not only between the lowest earning people, but the highest earning people. Uh, There was a story I read recently that we'll be talking about that some of the CEOs of some of the major corporations their annual salary is equal to what uh, 300 of their lowest paid people are making in the course of a year. And you have to, I mean, people are entitled to earn what they can earn, and we are a capitalist society, but you have to wonder, are they worth it? It's sort of the same way I feel about some of the athletes, the amounts of ridiculous amounts of money they make. Yeah. But um, we'll talk more about income inequality. We're lining up a show to do in the future on gender inequality. 
women earn less than men. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the prices of things that people purchase yeah. uh, in the stores, the fact that something for a girl costs more money than something for a boy, same mm-hmm. product, yeah. different color paint. And we're also going to talk about the whole topic of income inequality in general and what could you do, what are some of the things that you could do as a listener to improve your own circumstances. But we like to we like to do anything that we can show people about how to make more money. Um, so I, I happen to have another quotation from Epictetus. All right. Which came from a totally different source. Wealth consists not in having great possession possessions, but in having few wants. That is interesting. Mm. And then I like this one from Will Rogers. He said, too many people spend money they earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. <laughs> Will Rogers is one of our classic great philosophers. And um, I like this quotation, Pete. You'll like this one from Steve Martin. Steve Martin, you know who he is, right? Uh, yes, of course I do. <laughs> he was in Roxanne. Steve Martin said, I love money. I love everything about it. I bought some pretty good stuff. Got me a $300 pair of socks. Got a fur sink. An electric dog polisher. A gasoline-powered turtleneck sweater. And, of course, I bought some dumb stuff, too. That reminds me of his character in The Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? Yes. All I need is this dog and this ashtray and this chair and this lamp, and that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in your business, Pete, let's, tell, let's talk just briefly about what you do at Lance Family Agency. I know you help a lot of people save money. You should start out your year telling people what they can do to save money on car insurance. This is a great time to think about cutting down expenses, saving money. So what's one of the great things you can do to save money? Uh, There was someone who was in my office uh, earlier in the week on Monday or Tuesday, and she said that she's been with her current insurance company for 16 years, and they haven't once uh, done a review of her policies to find out whether she's receiving all eligible discounts, uh, make sure that she's paying the least amount possible, and you know, basically make sure that the coverage that she has is something that she wants and needs and everything else. So that's one of the big things I would certainly recommend is having um, me take a look. If you wish, I'd be happy to do that. It's free. It's no obligation. I um, will simply take a look and analyze it and let you know whether you're able to save money with the same coverages that you have. And if not, then you'll know that you're in great shape. But most people, about 80% of people, we are able to save money. And, you know, we go over everything with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that you're receiving every discount. There's a green discount, which simply means that you don't receive paper statements. That's a 3% discount. There's a good a good student discount if you have a, a child who's getting good marks in school. Uh, there's low mileage discount. There's AAA. There's, I mean, there's tons of diff- discounts that people may or may not be aware of. There's some people that we look at who have a vehicle um, that simply has uh, an auto uh, an anti-theft um, uh, option that comes from the factory. Like an that, alarm system? Yeah, that they're not receiving a discount um, for in their current policy. And almost any vehicle in the last 20 years has a anti-theft you know, uh, from the factory. Uh, so they should be receiving that discount. So that's what we do. Um, that's one of the things that we do. We also do that with uh, homeowners. There's lots of different things that you can do to get discounts on your homeowners. Uh, and we do every type of insurance other than just home and auto. We do RV and motorcycle. And 
So I, number I one recommendation. My, my four wheeler with yeah. my company. Your number one recommendation is get your policies reviewed. Have get reviewed. your homeowners, your car insurance policies reviewed. Annually. And if your company doesn't do that, bring it to me. I'll review it. And we review all of our policies annually to make sure that our clients are happy. We're very personal, uh, family-oriented company. Well, they should bring it to you anyways. Pete, what's your telephone number if somebody wants to call you? 508-858-0555. Most likely, if someone calls, they will reach Katrina. Okay, so good, strong recommendation is get your policies reviewed because you can save money. Wouldn't you like to start out the year saving money? Um, Get covered. Make sure you've got proper insurance coverages. Uh, Learn to wait for Social Security. Don't collect it too early. Um, Make sure you've got your estate plan in order. There's so many things you can do. We're going to watch world events. We're going to watch emerging economies, they're called, like Brazil, South Africa, Thailand, Turkey, and especially China. You've got to be focused on what's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a volatile year. Take some steps to protect your money. Give USA Wealth Group a call, 508-998-8858. Stay tuned. Keep listening. We're going to bring a lot more good ideas to you in 2016. It's always great to be here with you, Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group. Tune in next Sunday at the same time, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, have a happy, safe, and prosperous new year.